0: Deion Sanders might be taking his coaching talents to the Sunshine State. How would that affect Florida, Florida State, and the Miami Hurricanes in recruiting? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to AllHurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. So reports emerged on Tuesday that Deion Sanders, who's doing a heck of a job at Jackson State, just led them to their first 11 0 undefeated regular season in history. We know the kind of noise he's been making in recruiting. He's now being linked to uh, potentially becoming the new head coach at either Colorado or USF. And I threw it out there on Locked On Kane's Twitter. If Coach Prime were to end up at USF, which of course isn't a Power Five school, but still we know his reputation as a recruiter, if he were to wind up at USF, would you be concerned about Dion competing with Miami for a lot of the same recruits? Many of you said, no, you're not concerned because it's USF. Some of you said, yeah, you're a little bit concerned. And so I thought, who better to ask about this than Larry Bluestein, our boy Blue, because nobody talks to more high school players and coaches than Larry Bluestein. I mean, Blue, uh, if Dion were, you know, and, and it's interesting because Colorado is a Power Five job, USF is not. I still kind of feel like if uh, if the money's similar, I feel like Dion would probably prefer to be in South Florida just because of uh, you know the proximity to so many great high school players. What do you think is the better job for him? Yeah, well,
1: and and uh happy holidays to you and uh first of all, um well, you know what? He he grew up uh hour and a half south in Fort North Fort Myers and uh knows the area pretty well and certainly a city the size of Tampa would be uh, appealing to him, but um now nah, I don't think he's good. I don't think it would hurt I, if they ever went up against I'd be worried more about you UCF than I would US yeah. UCFs in the Big 12. Uh they Orlando's a great place to to be. It's uh you know, it's exciting and obviously and not that Tampa's not. It's just that uh that makes a whole difference. And it's funny that you bring that up. I was talking uh, on my radio show uh, this week uh, to somebody who from USF, and we were talking about the change and how, you know, this is the last year they're going to be playing UCF for uh, until 2027. And the fact that they're going to be playing a lot of their conference foes, which are not going to be Houston, they're not going to be USF. uh, They're not going to be Memphis, uh, you know, I mean, and they're not going to be Cincinnati. So um, I think he's going to get who he's going to get, um, you know, I mean, the, obviously he, you know, he's a name and he's doing real well, but he, at the HBCU level, he gets to push uh, history, he gets to push um uh, the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the uh, Black Americans, you know, they, they've lost touch with uh, the history, uh, you know, of, of the race. And, and having an opportunity to, to come play at Jackson State or f- any of the schools, Florida A&M or wherever, gives them a closer touch to the past and to the understanding of what their heritage is. USF not so much. I mean, you know, you yeah. you could sell that uh, really. I mean, I could see how he's selling it at Jackson State, and I could see how he would sell it in that in that form. But what are you going to sell? I mean, you you don't you don't have an on-campus facility. You're building one, but you know it's not going to be what Gainesville is, what the FSU is. And um, he's going to get kids. He's going to get comebacks. He's going to get kids who will leave and go to. Auburn or Wisconsin or, and that are disgruntled and they come back. No, no different than Willie Taggart or Charlie strong or Jim Leavitt or anybody that's been there. Uh, USF was, is what it is. And um, certainly right now they're an AAC team uh, whose conference foes include Florida Atlantic. So, Mm, uh, you know, I mean, telling everybody that, oh yeah, well, outside the conference we'll play Alabama and Florida, which is nice, but they could do that now. Um, but he's not going to be able to sell any more other than a on-campus stadium that they're building, which is going to be 35 is going to be a lot like SMU or Houston. So to answer your question in that roundabout way, no, I don't think it's really going to affect uh, anybody in the state as far as the power five teams.
0: So it's kind of similar the way you describe it uh, is sort of what Lane Kiffin was at FAU. Where it's like it's it's not like he was taking a lot of kids that would have been going to Miami, yeah. or Florida State, or Florida, but you know did did about about as well as FAU could do with their ceiling.
1: Definitely, and and by having kids that you know, especially in this age of the transfer portal, there's kids who just want to get out of UCLA. There's kids who just want to get out of Oklahoma. Because of the fact that they, you know, they made a mistake and they went there and didn't realize there were four other offensive tackles or there was five other defensive backs that are ahead of them. And they just want to play the game because there's a lot of people that understand that um, th- that the NFL is going to be there. And it doesn't matter if you come from, uh, you know, Rolling Rock or you come from, uh, you know, wherever you come from. But but that's a thing. And, and, and obviously, like I said, Tampa's a lure. Uh, it's a great place to be. It's a big city. And, uh, you know, and especially where USF's located, it's like UCF. They're both on the outskirts of town. So they're not inundated with that daily hustle bustle of a uh, community that's over a million. So, yeah, no, I mean, they're both. I mean, it's a, it's definitely a, a lure. But you're not going to take somebody that's going to go to Ohio State and right. you have an opportunity to play and then say, well, USF. And they're not. Yeah, it's just not a logical thing. Now, again, people while people are screaming at their screens right now so well he did it at jackson state if you heard what i said whole different level when you're yeah. when you're selling different something. selling point exactly, exactly. you're selling you're, you're selling history. you're selling
0: history and heritage versus no doubt. just you know no doubt. usf yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no that, that makes a lot of sense uh larry Bluestein joins us uh am 560 sports wqam in south florida uh, I, I want to get to it, it, shortly. We're going to get to uh, Blue's kind of predictions and, and picks for Miami's season finale this weekend uh, against Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, I can't say regular season finale. Uh, well, maybe because they could still get to a bowl game. No ACC championship game in the cards for the Canes. But uh, before we get to that, Blue, uh, interesting. Uh, you know, players we're looking at in the transfer portal. A pretty big name, at least used to be a big name that hit the portal is Alabama running back Trey Sanders Uh, in 2019. He was the top running back in the country in that class, former IMG Academy product. Um, This one's interesting to me. Obviously there's a reason why he's leaving Bama. Uh, He has been snake bit by injuries and a serious car accident. So he's, you know, not unfortunately had a stable enough health situation to really get on the field there and make a difference. So he's looking for opportunities elsewhere um, obviously, when it comes to Miami, there's a budding connection with IMG Academy, his alma mater. Do you think Miami and Miami needs running back? So do you think there could end up being mutual interest there?
1: Yeah, good point. Uh, you know, I, I remember him coming out IMG. He was one of those very few that had actually started back in the 10th grade there. Usually wow. you don't go there till, you know, your junior year at least your senior year most likely because everyone transfers there, you know, for their final season. And, uh, but, uh, and I always thought, wow, what a stud, you know, I mean, a big time kid, but as you said, a lot of wear and tear on his body he reminds me a lot of Bo Scarborough who came out of the same school, uh, IMG Alabama never really, uh, you know, never really became that stud. He was a running back and he started at ties, but, uh, Yeah, it's a shame. I don't know if Miami really needs that. I mean, Miami, you know, I mean, the fans are already disgruntled on what they have as far as, you know, some of the guys that aren't performing. You don't want to have a guy who's kind of an iffy type of guy. If you're going to strike gold, you're going to strike it with uh, Mark Fletcher, or you're going to start strike it with somebody like that. I just don't, I don't think there's anybody out there. And he, you know, if they're looking for depth and maybe a stopgap type of guy and he's healthy, yes. But not as a, a guy who's going to be the marquee back. I just don't think he's of that status anymore. And I yeah. mean, if he was, he'd still be at Alabama. Do you, do you think he, he might end up in like a, kind of a smaller program
0: to try and get playing time somewhere and sort of just kind of, kind of, I don't know, re rehabilitate uh, his stock.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if, uh, if Prime doesn't uh, take the uh, USF job, maybe you go to Jackson State. <laughs> yeah, there uh, you
0: go. Or, or maybe yeah. he goes to
1: USF if Prime yeah. does take that job. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a good thing because yeah. obviously, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, that would be more of the line right there. It may be a USF, somebody who, uh, you know, even you, you don't see him at an FSU. You don't see him at a Florida, especially because Florida's trying to get some ultra, you know, uh, and UCF is loaded. I mean, they just had the kid. Who transferred from Clemson? Who went to Florida? To now to UCF, and uh, um, so they have a uh, Backman. So you have an opportunity yeah. there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. know. I, nah, he's not a he's not a power five back anymore. Just not yeah. right now. I mean, there's too much baggage. And uh, again, like I said, if he was, he wouldn't be uh, leaving Alabama.
0: Miami Hurricanes have an opportunity to end their season on a high note. Night game home against Pittsburgh. I'll, I'll give you uh, one prediction on, uh, on, on something I do expect to see or someone I expect to see on the field this weekend. I want to uh, pick Blue's brain on this as well. So keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free guys. I have gotten jobs through LinkedIn jobs before. It's so great. Uh, You post your job. If you're a small business owner, you're hiring, then you add your job in the purple hiring hashtag frame to your LinkedIn profile, spread the word that you're hiring. People will see it. Believe me, simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Alex Dono here on Locked on Canes joined by our good pal, our boy Blue, Larry Bluestein. So Blue, um, I, I feel pretty confident based on on things I've, I've seen and heard uh, over these past few days. I think Tyler Van Dyke is going to start this week. I know for a fact he wants to start this week. So anybody thinking, oh, maybe he just wants to shut it down for the year. He wants to start. In fact, uh, I think if he's not ready to start, someone's going to have to protect him from himself because he wants to play this week. And I expect TVD to play. Obviously, I can't guarantee if he's going to be, you know, the the same TVD that he was, you know, against uh, North Carolina and, you know, parts of that Virginia Tech game. But I'm expecting him to play. And, Blue, uh, how much of a chance do you give Miami against a good pit team if he doesn't play?
1: Yeah. Well, it's going to be tough, obviously, an uphill climb. I mean, you know, if you've watched the season, it's sort of like – it's good to think every single week is a different week. I mean, you, you know, I mean, it's a, you get pumped up, you get pumped up, but you know, I mean, and and especially in the ACC and, and, you know, I, our good friend Jazz Santana and I talked about this very thing. Um, The ACC is so crazy that a Georgia tech, which Miami manhandled beat both North Carolina and Duke. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Um but if you're speaking in reality, he gives them by far the best chance to win. Um, certainly, uh, Pitt's a really good football team. They run re- real well. Defensive-oriented pro uh, team, obviously, because their head coach is a defensive guy and Narduzzi. Um, uh, win, lose, or draw, and this is something that I strongly believe. He's coming back. Whether it's with Miami or goes into the transfer portal, which I don't see, because I still think, you know, as good as Garcia and as good as uh, Ja'Cari Brown have been, they're not. They're not him. I mean, he mm-hmm. gives you a chance to win it at an elite level. They give you a chance to win with people around them. Um, obviously, you know, with a great running game and good offensive linemen and playmaking receivers but I think that somebody like uh, Tyler Van Dyke gives you an opportunity to win every game, no matter who it was. And yeah. And I, I don't know who he listens to or he's barely played one season, one season in his career, barely played of all the times that he's been in. He's barely played with his injuries and such. Um, I think that if, if he's a smart guy and understands that his stock could soar because we were talking last year at this very last game of the season, say, oh, geez, next year is it for him. He's going to be a, probably a first round draft pick, maybe the fourth, fifth best quarterback. Not so much now. He just hasn't had enough to to uh, for everybody to go on, especially this season. Uh, and I think that I'd like to see him in the game this week. But if he doesn't, he's he's going to be back. I mean he just is gonna be and, back. And, I, and I
0: agree with you. I think he's gonna be back at Miami. I'm I'm pretty I'm a lot more confident in that now than I was even a couple couple weeks ago. And I also blew from from what I understand, and I think this is great. Um, I, I think Jakari Brown is totally fine working under Tyler again yeah. next year. Like I, yeah. I think you know, because some because he's gotten a little bit of a taste now of being a starting quarterback when Very well against Georgia Tech, not well against Clemson, but he's young. He's going to go through his lumps. Jakari is not thinking right now, to my understanding, that, you know what, I better be a starter here or somewhere else next year. I I think he's perfectly happy learning. under. I I think Jake's going to be gone. I don't expect Jake back next year, but I think Jakari and Tyler both will be.
1: Yeah, well, that's I 100% agree, and and he isn't ready, and and he will be the year after. He's gonna be more mature, and I think next yeah. year what's gonna happen. I know the schedule's really tougher next year, you know, with some pretty decent teams coming, in, you know, into Hard Rock, but uh, and and the ACC is always a tough, uh, you know, deal. But I think what's gonna happen, you're gonna see whether it's Miami of Ohio in the first game or some of the games along the way. You're going to see Brown become that guy that's going to get some playing time every single game, I think. I think he's going to be inserted, you know, if they're ahead or if they, you know, kind of a change of pace thing and they want to run. So, yeah, he's guaranteed to to, if he stays to get a lot of reps. He's not going to get the reps that he would as a starter. But like you said, he's got to understand. He's got to understand that his value to the team, especially with uh, TBD back is to be the guy who's always going to be ready and is going to be sharp and you know learn and keep learning and you know that's why you look at like somebody like a a coach Frank Ponce and who keeps you know whether people want to knock Gattis or not Gattis has the experience he's been around the all, all offenses and whatever he does I'm sure Frank's watching him in that same way so when when and if he does take another job whether it's after this season after next season that Frank will be ready. In the mm-hmm. same token, mm-hmm. I think Brown understands that he'll have two full years after Van Dyke uh, leaves to showcase his skills and um, and hone his abilities, and he may emerge as a, a better quarterback prospect than all these guys because of what he could do as far as a runner and his strong arm. All he needs to do is, I think, make learn how to make better decisions, and then that comes with his experience. But, yeah. I expect uh, if Ty, like I said, uh, to answer your question again in a roundabout way. If Tyler's healthy this week, he plays. If not, then Miami chalks it up and you know goes ahead and you do what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. Uh,
0: in a in a moment, I'm going to ask Blue the uh, the million dollar question, and I'd like you guys to weigh in on this as well at Locked On Canes. You can tweet us at Locked On Canes. If you follow us there, we will follow you back. Is Josh Gaddis on the hot seat? because there are people trying to read between the lines on that one. So I want to get into that uh, right after we talk about the awesome folks at BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur sport out there from football to basketball to soccer. We're watching all those games right now. Esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're going to help you guys win. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. So uh, he- here are some of the clues, Blue, people are, are reading. And I, I think people are reading a little bit too much into some of these, to be honest. So Mario Cristobal uh, on Monday was asked about Josh Gaddis. And he he said this, you don't share certain things out in public. You always try to work things out within the walls of the program. We have done a really good job of hiring coaches that have had tremendous success in every place they've been at. We have had offensive struggles, but we'll put that on all of us. So some people are saying, well, he didn't endorse him. That means they're, they're talking about getting rid. And listen, maybe that's the case, but Blue – Um, You know, the more I cover Mario, the more I kind of understand the way he operates with the media. Uh, I don't think he wanted to say a whole lot about Gaddis or any other coach because you've got another game coming up this weekend. And if you start going into specifics of evaluating coaches, then you open up Pandora's box where they can start asking you about every coach. Like I, I just I think that was Mario's kind of indirect way of shutting it down. Um, and it, it's not to say 100% certain Gattis is back next year, but I think people who are kind of reading the tea leaves and like, oh, you hear what Mario said? Sounds to me like Gattis isn't back. I think they're reading too much into it because I don't think Mario's going to go into full assistant coach evaluation mode until after this coming game is over. What do you think?
1: Yeah, well, he deals that like that with the questions like that, as he does with injuries. You know, he's never going to tell you the extent. and. Uh, right. I think I kind of agree with you uh, in the fact that I you know why would why would he make a comment right now he's he's never been the type of guy that to, to kiss and tell you know about any of this stuff and uh, I think that if there's a problem or there's something I think he he they talk about it daily it's not something like they're in a different building and they only see each other after the season or once every week um, I'm sure they have a lot of, you know, closed door meetings about just about the team, you know, yeah. and and, and uh, yeah, I, I think these fans and, you know, this brings me back to when the Miami needed a, a, um, a head coach before Mark Rick uh, was hired. All these different rumors that went around just because people don't hear you know how people who are fans oh, or people who are gossipers. If they don't hear anything, they begin to make things up, or and, and I think that's what's happening in this situation. I yeah. they have a good relationship. He fully understands the the roster that he had, Alex. Come on, you know, what I mean and, and it's
0: not just it, the the roster's part of it, but it's also only Mario really knows how much of what Gaddis is doing is what Mario actually wants him to do. Cause I, I think yeah. people I think people maybe don't fully realize that, that, that maybe like, and, and, and there's going to have to be evaluations across the board, including self-evaluation, right. And, yeah. and roster evaluation, everything. And we know there's going to be a lot of roster turnover, but maybe, maybe Mario is thinking, you know what? Uh, I can't blame Gaddis as much as like the message boards do because a, I know what he has to work with. Cause I see it every day in practice. And B he's kind of doing what I want him to at least attempt to do. So I, I think that's got to be part of the evaluation as well. And it is a little strange. I know sometimes it works out this way. Other times it doesn't. You know, Mario obviously had to build uh, his whole coaching staff pretty quickly and more or less from scratch. Um, he, All the assistant coaches on offense were hired by Mario. So it's yeah. not like Gaddis is even like working with his guys. They're all working with Mario guys, which maybe makes things maybe a little harder for Gaddis, Maybe it doesn't, but it's definitely something to think about.
1: Well, first of all, you look at the quarterback situation. That's your leader. That's a guy who really makes things go. And if you don't have that guy that you worked all spring with and kind of spent probably a long, a lot of time with, I know for a fact that that uh, TVD and Gattis and Frank Ponce we together a whole lot during the months of May and June uh, and into July, um, you know, watching film, going over scenarios, working on mechanics, different things like that. So you take that equation out and, you know, I'm sure Jake Garcia and everybody was around, uh, uh, you know, uh, Peyton Matosha and all these guys were all there. But it, when you have a starter and you're preparing them and you're it's almost a crash course on knowing this guy because you need none of nobody knew anybody you know, last year when they took these, this job. So uh, I I have to believe that, that uh, most of this stuff is being made up and and things like that. They're going to handle this. And Mm. I definitely think that uh, when he's given an opportunity, and like you said, uh, there's going to be a huge turnover in this roster. And so, and it should be, uh, you're going to get some new faces on board. And I think that these faces are going to be better than what they have now. Uh, and then next year, if we're still having this conversation, it's more valid. But I, I don't right. think after a year, especially a year where you were hampered in so many ways with your running game, your your best running back out most of the time uh, with with your quarterback uh, limped, uh, you know, having with no defined receiver coming into the season. Yeah. Caleb Young uh, started the show. Paul, uh, yeah. Restrepo being out. I mean, there's on, so yeah. much. I mean, it's just not fair to, to lay on yeah. one person. And yeah, right. everybody's and everybody, Alex, is at fault in some way in some things. And, you know, I mean, certainly go well, you know, if I did this, it would have been, but, you know, on the it's not the overall. There's a lot of offensive and defensive coordinators in this country that it, they've been there a couple of years and they've been provided with some of the better players and they're still not getting right. it done. So that mm-hmm. there's some validity to that, but I don't think that would be valid to let, let a, somebody like that go after just one season and a one season that really, when he wasn't really at full strength with any of the guys that he was supposed to have.
0: Yeah. Well, l- l- now, now here could be another potential clue though. And I wonder if this <clears throat> might even speak more loudly than whatever Mario said. Okay. So um, for for those who track recruiting, you'll notice that uh, someone who's in the transfer portal uh, and this looks like a pretty exciting wide receiver. I hope he ends up at Miami. Six foot six transfer portal receiver, uh, Andrew Armstrong from Texas A&M Commerce. uh, He tweeted out yesterday that he's received a Miami offer and that he received it from Alonzo Highsmith. Like, do I read in, and obviously blue, we know Alonzo it's part of his job is evaluating talent. Sure. like He's the GM of football operations and he's studying film and studying players, but people are pointing out that, okay, so Armstrong, a wide receiver, he doesn't receive his offer from the wide receivers coach, which is Josh Gaddis who's the offensive coordinator. He gets his offer from Alonzo Highsmith. Might that be a sign that maybe Gaddis is on the way out? If, if we've got Highsmith giving out offers to receivers.
1: Well, you know, here's the thing too. What is, what is Heisman's job if it's not to improve this team? Right. Uh, that's, I mean, is he just going to be a figurehead? Is he going to be like the guy from the Bad News Bears that just waves to everybody and, and you know, kind of takes, kind of <laughs> makes everybody think he's part of the team? He is part of the team. And if, if you know, if the, if the offer does come from him, because remember, he's, he grew up you know, after the, his, his days here at Miami in the Houston area, his son went to school, high school there. He knows the area. He knows the people. He has a lot of contacts and you know, what other than, you know, I mean, and I'm sure that everybody would love to have a signature guy like him uh, give you an offer. Uh, You know, why would coach Gaddis, if he has no idea about this guy uh, you know, or never seen him maybe, you know, like you said, uh, Alonzo has a lot of uh, A lot of people out in, in Texas that he knows and he's close like Bubba McDowell who's coaching Out there and you, you got to figure That somebody's in his ear at all times And say so go listen why don't you come out and See this guy or why don't you check his Film out uh, you know And then all of a sudden you read uh, a Gattis offered him and somebody Says well did you ever see him play or Everything and Gattis says no what kind of validity Would there be there so at least sure. It's got to come you know, it, it, but here's the thing too, how many guys, there's a lot of receivers from around the country that, let's say somebody like, I don't know, like Charlie Strong's recruiting somebody in, I don't know, Georgia and, and, and certainly watches a kid. And he happens to be a receiver and has said, you know, takes him back. And I'm sure that Alonzo just didn't say, you know what? Okay. Thanks. And then call the kid up and offer him. I'm sure they right. sat down with Gaddis and Mario and, watch the film and, and say, you know what, let's, uh, let's pull the trigger. Uh, you know, I know his coach or I know his uncle or I know somebody and I'll be more than happy to extend the offer. And they go, yeah, it'd be great coming from you because of the fact that look who you are and they, uh, the val- the validity is you're from out that area. So, no, it's another, it's another rouge that everybody's looking for. It's another something that people are making a big deal out of. So I, will I'll say no. I don't think that has anything to do with Gaddis.
0: I like. I feel like we're debunking myths left and right. I love this, Larry Bluestein. You do an awesome job keeping me grounded, keeping all of us grounded. Check him out on Twitter at Larry Bluestein. Check out his shows on AM five sixty Sports WQAM. When is next week's show scheduled for
1: Blue? Finally, we're home six to ten, six to eight on Monday um, after uh, the last couple of weeks being on Tuesday late night shows and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's important. Last night was our our, um, uh, Thanksgiving show where all of our guests were asked, as we always do, uh, what's that one? uh thing that you have to have on the thanksgiving table whether it be a starter a main dish or a side what, what's dessert. yours by the
0: because i've given you i've given you mine and it's uh my favorite traditional thanksgiving dish i, I love stuffing or dressing depending on which i'll eat them both so what, what's your favorite well
1: five out of the seven guests agree with you last night all of them were looking forward to stuffing To me, it's the, I love whipped potatoes with roasted garlic in it. We kind of squeeze the roasted garlic in it, put Mm -hmm. a little Parmesan cheese and instead of milk to make it too rich, I use some chicken stock and it really gives a good flavor. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much my go-to, you know, as as far as that, but uh, it's, it's, isn't it crazy uh, overwhelming with your, with your, that six of eight people that were polled and they all said stuffing, they love that stuff.
0: Six of eight people can't be wrong, right? But the whipped potatoes sound good as well. Well, Blue, you're making me hungry, so let's get on out of here. I want to thank everyone for making Locked on Canes your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you guys again. I might try and do something for tomorrow, even on Thanksgiving Day. If I can put something out, I will. Otherwise, Friday, you know we're going to be here. Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.